Welcome to Your Life Matters Today, hosted by Dr. Cliff Robertson. Listen in close for tips and the tools you need to discover how to build your best life, overcome mental health challenges, and understand your self-worth. Now, here is Dr. Cliff Robertson. Well, good morning to Your Life Matters Today. I am Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr., and uh, you know it is, a, it is a real privilege to be here with you today. Today we are we are flying solo. We are, um, you know, I don't have a guest today, but I have some things I want to talk about, and I and I and I hope that you'll stay tuned. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I, uh, I I really believe that there are some important things we need to talk, talk about that doesn't necessarily need to include anybody else in this moment. Um, just to kind of catch you up on my last week or so, um, um, I'm currently wearing a a splint on my right arm. I had a, uh, uh, torn bicep, uh, due to, um, trying to play He-Man with a, uh, with a desk that I was building. It was a three foot by six foot slab of, of wood. It was about three inches thick. It was really heavy. And, uh, when I was trying to flip it over, I, I tore my bicep. So, uh, I've been, uh, I had surgery last week, um, the day after the show and, um, you know, I'm still, still trying to recover from that, but you know, it, it gave me a time to begin to reflect on some things that are really important. The reason I shared that with you is that there's a lot of things out there that are going on in this world that are just horribly broken. And, and, and it makes us oftentimes feel overwhelmed or feel helpless and hopeless. I, I was talking with a uh, young man the other day in a counseling session. And, and I asked him about, uh, how he felt about going back to school in the fall. And it was uh, alarming, his response. He, he, he told me that he was scared. Uh, he, was, he was scared and would have to be constantly on guard to make sure that something like that could never happen to him or his friends. And, you know, growing up, I... I, I I don't ever remember having those fears. I don't ever remember worrying about somebody coming to the school. I, um, a lot of kids that I went to high school with, heck, they had guns in their, you know, in their gun rack. Of course, none of them were AR-15s. And this is not a, a show about gun control or politics. It's just about uh, talking about fear, talking about some of the things that are breaking our, our, our world today. And, what I, what, what I want to tell you is this, is that while this world is very different than, than the one that, that, that I grew up in or that you grew up in, more, more than likely, it is, it is what we have and what we can do to make things better. And sometimes that is simply changing the way that we look at it, changing our inputs, beginning to realize how truly, truly valuable we, we are and how our differences and the differences that we make, the differences in ourselves and the differences that we make are, are so crucial to this planet, to this world, to our, our families, to our, our you know, businesses we work in and, and the people we interact with. You know, we have no idea the level of, of impact just a kind gesture makes. I, I was reading the other day in a, in a devotional that I, that I do, and I, and, I, and I try to do that on a, on a daily basis. Uh, I try to read something sacred, uh, and for me, that's the Bible. And I usually do it in terms of a devotional. But when I was when I was reading, 
I saw that uh, there was a story, and I think I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again because I know that I have new listeners every week. And the the story went like this: there was a guy that was going through a a, a drive-through at a coffee shop, and every morning he bought a coffee for himself and the person behind him, never knowing the impact it had, not not knowing who it was because it was always someone different. But then he read an an editorial one day in the newspaper. He was going through reading his newspaper like he normally does. And somebody had written a letter to the editors, you know, you know, talking about how he had um, received this free cup of coffee and how it changed his world. How it absolutely changed his world when he was um, going to get coffee that day. It was going to be the last cup of coffee he had because he was planning to end his life. He was planning to end his life. There were things going on that he didn't talk about, but he was planning to end his life. And when he got that cup of coffee, it made him stop and think about how somebody did care. No, the, the, the man by the cup didn't know what was going on, but he cared. And, and why did he care? What, why did it matter? And this caused him to begin to rethink everything. So he wrote this letter thanking the man who anonymously helped him help save his life. And, and there's no telling how many people we come across on a regular basis and how it has that, 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 that very same impact. Now, now, one of the things that I've been, been, you know, you know, been studying and you know, I, I work with on a regular basis because, you know, I, I work with veterans, and that is suicide. And suicide for, well... You know, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, the total age-adjusted suicide rate in the United States increased 35.2% from 1999 to 2018. Now, they don't give us a lot of the reasons for that. That's, that's really not what they're doing. They're just accounting for the numbers. And I, and I find that number to be absolutely startling. I, I find it to be overwhelming. I, I mean... We can point to some things that have changed in our society during that time, um, but I but I don't really want to focus on that today, I, because that's not really the, you know the you know the point that I'm getting to here, other than I want you to know if that is you, I want you to seek help today, I want you to reach out to a mental health professional, if, if I, I want you to call the suicide prevention hotline. I don't have the number right here on me, but all, all it takes is a quick search. And if, and if you're in trouble, call 911. Do not delay. Do not wait around for something to happen. Just take that action. Don't wait. But here's the other part that I want you to hear, too. According to the CDC, during the pandemic, there were reports of increases in mental health struggles due to circumstantial stress. We can all relate to that. We spent a lot more time at home. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know who we were going to get what from. There were some that were um, thinking that it was all made up and, and, and people were being hurt unnecessarily. There were all kinds of different things going on. <clears throat> and all the professionals thought um, that this would cause an increase in suicide. But actually, during that time, there was a 3% decrease. Wow. Think about that a minute. During a time of great 
emotional stress and turmoil and all these things going on, people battling all the things they were battling before. Now they're adding all this on top of it. What happened? What happened? And it's, and, and it's interesting. I believe that there are several factors that contributed to this downturn in, in the suicide rate. Even if it's just for that period of time, it, it was temporary. First, people were at home more. While there was still stress over the situation, there was a shared burden with, with family and friends and people that you interacted with. Maybe your, your circle got smaller, but that's okay. Families were talking about their fears and their hopes. The Bible talks a lot about this. Exodus 20, 12 gives us a blessing of long life when we honor our father and our mother. And how many of us were reaching out and checking on our, 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 our family members, seeing how they were doing, were they remaining safe during this time and, and, and talking and congregating as, you know, in, you know, in smaller groups, but still in smaller groups, we tend to have more in-depth conversations. We tend to get more personal and more and have more intimate conversations that, that are dealing with maybe the tough topics that are going on in life. You know, it goes on to say that uh, when we are with those that we love, there is strength. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I think this pandemic that we went through qualifies as a time of adversity. So, so when, we, when we think about this, we think, first of all, more time with the family. And second of all, the fact that, that brothers, sisters, close friends are, are actually come into our lives for, for such a time as this. And how many times, I mean, how many times do we think about, man, I should be in contact with that, for that friend, or I, I, you know, I haven't spoke to my brother or my sister or my cousins in forever. And, and I need to, and, and there's never time. There's never an opportunity. There's always something going on. There's another demand. There's another, there's another item on our to-do list. There's, there's two more appointments on our schedules. There's, there's this and there's that. And there's so much to do. And we get so locked up in this world that we lose track of the things that are really, really important. And those are the people that are in our lives or should be in our lives. So I believe that during this time, there was more of that conversation. Now, was there enough? No, because the suicide rate still wasn't down to zero. And, and I think we still have some room to go. But Think about it for a moment. If people are around other people and interacting with other people, the likelihood of them having the means and the opportunity in their lives reduce as well. So, so I think that we have something, something that we can, we can take from this. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of bad things that happened during this time. People lost their lives and all kinds of things. People lost businesses. But what can we gain from this? What can we learn from this? And I believe that if one life is changed for the future, that's important. No, does it erase all the other pain? Of course it doesn't. Does it, does it make everything all of a sudden okay? No. But if that was you, that it saved, how important is that? How important is that? Let's, let's talk through some of this, some of that. Let's, 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 let's think about how many people you interact with on a daily basis? 
how many people do you see on a, on a regular basis? How many people do you have some sort of positive impact? I'm going to use the example that I used in my book. Now, again, for those of you listening, this is Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr., and this is Your Life Matters Today, and I want to thank you for tuning in. To me, today, it is just me, live, and I have an important message for you today, and I, and I, and I, and I really hope you'll stay tuned and stay with me. But let's, let's use an example of the book I wrote. I, I, I wrote a book called Your Life Matters. It's available on Amazon, and you can go there, and you can get the ebook or, or the regular book whatever you need to do. And if you need, and if, and if you can't afford it, I want you to send me an email, uh, Dr. Cliff at the warriorsrefuge.us. And I will send you one for free. This is not about making money, but all the proceeds of the book sale go to the warriors refuge, which is a veterans homeless shelter in West Columbia. It's a homeless shelter, veterans counseling center and vocational training facility that I started three years ago. And we're impacting roughly 200 veterans a year in a, in a positive way. But what I want you to think about is this. Let's, let's get back. Let's get back to this. The story was that, that I shared in the book was about an insurance adjuster. And I was counseling with him and he was struggling with life and his family was broken. There were horrible things that had happened. And part of it was his fault. Part of it wasn't, but he didn't know what to do. And, 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 and he was basically saying, there is no point to my life. My life is over. By the way, this was during the pandemic too, and we'll talk about some of this in a minute. But so I began to talk to him, and and I, and I said, "Okay, how many people on a weekly basis do you come in contact in your job in a, in, a, in a positive way?" He goes, "Well, I, in, in my job as an insurance adjuster, I I come in contact with about thirty different people every week, and you work for them, not the insurance company, right?" Yeah. So, so it's a positive impact. He's working to help them normally after storms and things like that. So, um, 30 people. And he, he went on to tell me that he, that he volunteers at his church. He's helped set up chairs for the church. He's helps to set up, um, different, um, um, different thing, you know, you know, for different events. And so he, um, he sets up, he sets up for that. And there's about 100 to 150 people each week. So he's doing that. And he also just has basic interaction. So he's, he's interacting with, with new people. If you, if you average out that some of the people at church are um, people that he sees every week, some of them are. So probably about, we'll say about 80 people between church and work, not including the other interactions on a weekly basis. <clears throat> if we do the math, <clears throat> excuse me. On a, you know, after two to three years, he has impacted enough unique people on a regular basis to have filled the Staples Arena, Staples Center. After 20 years in this career, he's filling NFL stadiums with people that he has definitely mattered to, that he has helped in some sort of way, whether it's a small way or a large way. It doesn't really matter. What matters is his life made a difference in their life. And I want you to know the same thing applies to you. You may say, well, I don't come in contact with that many people on a regular basis. You probably do. You probably come in contact in a way that you can't even begin to fathom. And what I want you to hear is this, is that you are important. You matter. You make a difference. God tells us in his word that 
for you are God's masterpiece. That word in Greek literally, you know, is, is it comes from the word poema. In other words, he's writing your story. <clears throat> Excuse me again. So he's writing your story. He calls you a masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. And we'll talk about faith later created anew in Christ Jesus for the good work that he ordained for you from the beginning so that you may walk in it. Let that sink in a minute. God calls you a masterpiece with a mission, a masterpiece with a mission. You may say, but what mission is that? I can't tell you exactly what your mission in this world is, but the fact that you're still breathing says that there is one. And as long as there is a mission in your life, as long as there is a plan for you, you keep walking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking, you keep asking. And God tells us those doors will be open and that you will receive. I'm not telling you that you can wish upon a star and get a million dollars. I don't believe in that, but I do believe that what God has planned for you, if you ask and seek, you will find it and you will receive it. God has more for you than you can imagine. And you are making more of a difference today than you can even begin to fathom and comprehend. So I want you to hear me. We're getting ready to go to the, go to the first break today. After the break, we're going to be talking about a really important question, and that is, can a person who has really messed up in life really change, and can their life in some way matter? You know, we think about that. We think about, man, I have made such a mess of my life. My wife has left me. My kids hate me, or I've committed a crime, or I have whatever it is, and, and, and we think our life is over. And I want to tell you, your life is just beginning. This is Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. with Your Life Matters Today, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're struggling to understand your self-worth or deal with mental health challenges, you will want to tune into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Dr. Cliff and his guests will help you understand and work toward what you need to build your best life. Your Life Matters Today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device. 
including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. If you have a question for Dr. Robertson or his guests, you can join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Hey, welcome back to the show. This is Your Life Matters Today, and I am Dr. Cliff Robertson Jr. So happy to be be with you. And today is a show that where I'm flying solo today. Uh, I'm doing that today because I have a I have a message um, that I that I really want to focus on today. That I, I really want you to hear today. Um, as I as I shared in the first segment uh, last week, I had surgery on my arm. I had a uh, a, bi- a torn bicep because I was trying to play He-Man and building a desk and a uh, uh, flipped a, a, a piece of piece of wood over, which was a three foot by six foot live slab of, of lumber and uh, tore my bicep doing it. It wasn't the smartest thing I've done, but it also has given me a chance to, to think and to really focus on, on, on the things that are important. And, and a lot of times we, we, we lose sight of the things that are, that are truly, truly important in life. And, and this is, and today is one of them. And, and, and today is one of them. And, and in the, in, in the first segment of the show, we, you know, we, you know, we talked about, um, how, how your life is, is important and how you make a difference. And, and I, and, and I talked about that in this segment, we would go to, can a person who has messed up in life really change and matter? The, the example that I gave at the end of that segment where I was talking about the insurance adjuster, who is also uh, a story in the book that I wrote called Your Life Matters, the toolkit to change your world. If you're interested in that book, it's available on Amazon. Uh, again, it's Your Life Matters, kind of the name of the show, um, the toolkit to change your world. It's not about changing the world because I, I, I think the focus needs to be on changing our world. And when we improve, when we get better, when we feel better about who we are, we can then make a difference in that world. And we already are in a lot of ways. So I share that story about the insurance adjuster who, um, you know, interacts with 30 people, you know, 30 people a week. And, and in doing that, and with his church, uh, you know, between that and his church, he fills a stadium with people who whose life he's had a positive impact on. Now, Part of that story goes that he had made some really bad choices that brought him to that play to a place of feeling like his life no longer mattered, like he would be better off no longer with us. So I'm going to share another story from the book that I think is is really important. Um, that and, and 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 it kind of talks about it, but it 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 really goes back to a back to a place that 
I, I think that we need to spend more time with, and that is um, real change can happen and our lives can still matter, even if we have really messed up. I want to talk to you about a man that I, that I studied in college named George Mueller. He became one of my heroes. If you haven't heard of, heard of him, Mueller built great orphanages on simple faith. Eventually, these orphanages covered 13 acres of land on Ashley Downs, Bristol in England. But when God put it into his heart to build these orphanages, George had only two shillings, about 50 cents in his pocket. By the time of Mr. Mueller's death, death there were five immense buildings of solid granite capable of accommodating 2,000 orphans without making his desires known to anyone but God. He raised over a million, 400,000 pounds in his lifetime. That's over 7 million U.S. dollars today. It arrived as it was needed to build and maintain the orphanages. It reminds me some of the story of, um, um, you know, Andy Bales, when we talked to him last week about, um, you know, the Union Rescue Mission. Um, there's, there's, there, there's a lot of parallels there. But what's interesting is George Mueller didn't start out really well in life. You know, he lived in, uh, well, he was born in, in 1805. His father was a tax collector, one of the people that you don't really want to associate with necessarily. Uh, at least back then, especially, uh, they were really not, not, not well thought of. Um, but part of the story is George routinely lied to his father about the money that he was given and spent, both how he, and, and, and he ended up throwing it away. He also stole money from his father when his father was drunk or out spending time with the women in the brothels. Since his father was wrapped up in the bad stuff of the world, he didn't provide much fatherly instruction. He gave them money to both the sons and that they quickly burned through. At 10 years of age, George was sent to a Christian school. His father wanted to make a Lutheran clergyman of him, not that he might serve God, but that he might have an easy and comfortable living wage from the state church. George said that my time was now spent in studying, reading novels, and indulging in sinful practices. This was while he was in school. Thus, it continued until I was 14 years old when my mother suddenly died. The night she was dying, I, not knowing of her illness, was playing cards until two in the morning. And on the next day, being the Lord's Day, I went with some companions to a tavern. And then being filled with beer, we went about the streets drunk on the day his mother was dying. He said, I grew worse and worse three or four days before I was confirmed and thus admitted to partake the Lord's Supper, I was guilt of gross immorality. And the very day of my confirmation, when I was in the vestry with the clergyman to confess my sins, according to the usual practice, after a formal manner, I defrauded him, for I handed over to him only a twelfth part of the fee which my father had given me for him. Lying, stealing, gambling, skirt chasing, wasteful spending was just the tip of the iceberg for George. No one could have imagined that this wayward young soul would become known for his faith and his power in prayer. When his father sent, sent out young George to collect rent, George would lie about the, about the amount he collected and pocket the difference. His reckless behavior brought him to a point of having no money to buy food, and he even stole bread from a soldier. Pretty low. In 1821, George went to uh, Madgeburg and spent six days there drinking and chasing women. From there, he went to Brunswick and rented an expensive hotel until his money ran out. Then he rented a, a room at a fine hotel in the neighboring village 
intending to defraud the hotel. Caught before he could leave, he traded his finest clothes for rent money. He then walked six miles to another inn where he was arrested for trying to defraud the landlord again. This time he was jailed for his crime at 16 years old. But, but then something that can only be described as a come-to-Jesus moment occurred in his life. While at school, one of his friends brought him to the, to the house of a Christian family on a Sunday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, I'm sorry. They ate dinner together and afterward began a Bible study that was far deeper than anything he had ever been involved in before, even at school. His heart was moved in a way that he had never experienced. Before George could ask a question, the man leading the study quietly slipped to his knees to pray, and his family joined him in prayer. George had never experienced this. Even in all his Christian studies in seminary and clergyman schooling, he had attended. George, unsure what to do, joined them on his knees too. In that moment of solemn prayer, George surrendered his life to Christ. He began to cry for the errors of his ways and wanted to do nothing but make amends and share the love of Christ with everyone he came in contact with. It was a moment of real transformation. He went on to preach around the countryside and then moved to London and preached there. In 1834, Mr. Mueller started the Scripture Knowledge Institute for Home and, and, and Abroad to aid Christian day schools, assist missionaries, and circulate scriptures. Shortly after this, he began the orphanages that impacted so many children. These institutions of both learning and housing were set up without government support, without asking anyone for help, and without going into debt. That's amazing. That is truly amazing. By the time George Mueller died, 122,000 people had been taught in the schools supported by these funds, and about 282,000 Bibles had been distributed through the same fund. That is overwhelming. At the age of 70, Mr. Mueller had, had made other evangelistic uh, tours and, and preached. He went around talking. But here is one of the things that, that, I, that I want you to realize about him is that he started out really, really bad. I mean, things had gone bad and, it, and they were just getting worse for him. He had gone to jail. He had probably gone to jail more than once, more than the, more than the stories can, you know, can, uh, can reveal. But God still used him. His life still mattered. And when he had that come to Jesus meeting, everything began to change. I will say, in, in, you know, immediately his circumstances didn't change. He, he wasn't like automatically, you know, put into a different set of circumstances. No, he was still in the same place, but he began to change. He began to do what only God could do through him. And one of the, one of the interesting things about the orphanages that I think is, is so important to know is that you know, I mentioned earlier that, that, that he never asked for donations. He simply prayed. He prayed, he prayed, and he prayed some more. And oftentimes at the orphanages, there would, there would be times when they wouldn't have the money to buy food. They wouldn't have money to do the repair. They wouldn't have money to do this or do that. And they would pray. In fact, one time in particular, the story goes that it was, it was about dinner time. And they didn't have the food to feed the kids. They didn't. And so what did George do? Well, he gathered everybody in the dining room. 
and they prayed. And as they prayed, someone knocked at the door. Someone knocked at the door and had food for them. It wasn't because they'd sent out the alert. It wasn't because they'd sent out an email chain or a social media blast that they needed food. The, the kids were going to starve. No, they prayed. And God put it on that person's heart to go check on them and bring them food. I want you to think about that for a moment. Okay. Not only was this a one-time occurrence, it happened every time they were in need. Every time they were in need, that was provided. Every time, not just once. Nobody ever went without food. But here's the, here's the important thing that I, that I, that I think is, is so immensely critical, is that can you imagine the staff and the children that were there with him as he was praying? And the impact that that prayer and that answered prayer had on their lives. Can you think about the change that that made and the and and how much that mattered to them? It was it was overwhelming. It was absolutely overwhelming. It had to be. It had to be just to sit here and think about it and, and to ponder it is is more than one could even consider. I mean, think about it. You have you have several hundred kids, and there's no food in the refrigerator. There's no food in the kitchen. What are you going to do? Well, they had been praying. And God had been providing, you know, in, in the book of Daniel, uh, it, it talks about the power of prayer and how truly important we are to God. And, 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 and if we matter that much to God, God says our life matters, but if we matter that much to God and he is listening to us and he is taking action on our behalf, what does that look like? Well, in the book of Daniel, it, it says that Daniel began to pray. And he, it talks about all the things he prayed for and all the things he prayed about. But what's interesting is later in that chapter, it, there, he, he gets an answer. And God sent an angel to him to answer him. And, and the angel tells Daniel that the moment you began to pray, all heaven started to take action. God ordered this and this to happen. And for him to, be, to gain understanding in the situation. The moment he began to pray, that is powerful. So what I want you to think about is when you begin to doubt your value, your worth, because something's happened, something beyond your capacity, uh, some, maybe it's your own bad choice and you think, well, well my life is over and, and I'm not sure quite what to do anymore. And, you know, I, I, I've hurt this, I've done this, I, but I want you to know that you're never, you're never so far gone, gone that God can't intervene and begin to change everything. I know that in my own story, he did that for me. I was at a very, very low point, and, I, and I've talked about this before, where I thought my life was more valuable dead than alive, and I wanted God to take my life. I wanted to be gone. I, I, I didn't want to hurt anybody anymore. And God didn't answer that prayer with a yes. But several days later, I found myself on my knees and I, and I gave my heart to Christ. I said, Lord, I don't know if I'm saved or not, but I know I need you more than I need my next breath. Please come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. 
where I've made a mess of it. And I will tell you that at that moment, my life began to change. I began to change. My circumstances did not immediately. Eventually they did. And that's why I'm here today. But I began to change. And God began to put something in my heart that has changed everything. And, and I want to tell you, he'll do the same for you. He will absolutely do the same thing for you. In this next segment, uh, by the way, you're listening to Dr. Cliff Robertson Jr. with Your Life Matters Today. And it's an important message. It's just me today. We're got, this, this is important. And, 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 and I have a few things to say. But, you know, so far we've been talking about when you, when you really mess up, um, does your life still matter? And it does. It absolutely does. In this next segment, we're going to flip the script a little bit. What happens when things have happened in your life that you didn't do? Tragedy struck. Uh, disability came. An injury that, that changed everything. How can your life still matter after tragedy, after significant loss? How can your life still matter after disability? And I want you to know that it does. I want you to know that God will use what you're going through to bring something good from it, something beyond what you can even begin to comprehend or understand today. But he will. He will do more in you than you even think is possible. You know, a lot of times we, we talk about dreaming. We talk about wanting to do this or do that. So, so we say you should dream. And when, as we get older, we stop dreaming. And when we deal with tragedy and we deal with adversity and we deal with this, we deal with that, all these things come crashing down and we say, we're, we're done. We give up. We think our life no longer matters, but the truth is we're still just getting started. Just getting started. I want you to know that today your life matters. Your life matters. Thank you for listening. This is Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. We'll be right back after this break with more about exactly why your life is so important. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you inspired by stories about personal empowerment, well-being, and the motivation to achieve more? Get ready for Next Steps Forward with Chris Meek. Each week, Chris will talk with experts and icons from different walks of life who personify energy, direction, excitement, and purpose as they take bold steps forward in pursuit of excellence and service to others. Tune in to Next Steps Forward, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're tuned into Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. If you have a question for Dr. Robertson or his guests, you can join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Hey, welcome back to Your Life Matters Today. Uh, This is Dr. Cliff Robertson, Jr. I'm so glad to be with you. Today I'm flying solo, and uh, and that's because I have a, a really important and special message for you today. I, I really do, and that's that your life matters no matter what. You may think, well, that's kind of obvious that my life matters, but a lot of times we allow our, our the things that happen in life to dictate how we feel about ourselves and our, and our consequent value. And the truth is our life matters more than we can imagine. You know, there's a, um, there's a, there's, there's a theory out there called the, called the butterfly effect that a butterfly flapping its wings on one part of the world affects the wind in another part of the world that we don't operate in a vacuum. You know, so many times people will say, well, what happens to me is about me, not about anybody else. But that is not true. Our lives are interconnected in ways that we can't even begin to, you know, you know, to fathom. And a lot of times we, we, we can't, um, you know, we can't grasp the, you know, the fullness of it. You know, one of the, one of the simple truths is that when, uh, when there is a, a suicide, a lot of times there are others that follow because, they feel like, well, that person got rid of their pain, so I'm going to follow suit. And having talked to a number of people in, in counseling that have thought about or tried to end their lives, and when they began to realize the impact that it would have on others, it's one of the things that stopped them. You know, I love the fact that um, there's a... Uh, um, um, you know, there was a statement by uh, Charles Haley, former, uh, you know, retired NFL football player. He said there could be 99 reasons to end your life, but you only need one to say no. And a lot of times that one can be that it's going to impact somebody else. But a lot of times we think that because of circumstances, because of a disability, because of an accident, because of a tragedy, you know, we're and, you know, I'm in, I'm in Texas here and we're all still reeling from the horrible uh, tragedy in, in Uvalde. I mean, I've been through that city more times than I, than I can remember at this moment. And, and I'll be honest, of all the places in the world that something like that could happen, that would have been the, the, the place that I would have voted least likely for it to happen. Um, it, it's a small town. It's... Um, you know, everybody knows everybody else and, and all that. And, and you would think that that would be the least likely, but it, obviously it wasn't. And there are people that are hurting. There are people that uh, don't know what to do anymore because they've lost children and, and loved ones that cannot be replaced in any way, shape or form. And there's no way to say that that's 
going to change in the moment. But, but God. See, God can do something with that tragedy that no human can. He can bring something from it that is a miracle, is an absolute miracle. You know, I, I continue to look at my own situation. I, I lost my wife and little girl in a car accident. It's been over 20 years ago now. And, and in that moment, uh, it was the worst emotional pain I could ever imagine. I remember having people come up to me and tell me, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine. And, and eventually it got where it angered me to hear that. It would, it, it would make me angry because I'm like, you know, can you just not say anything? I mean, I'd rather you not say anything than continue to say that. And finally, I came up with, the, with an answer to it. And, and, and my answer to it was, well, my prayer for you is you never have to. I wanted to end my life. I wanted, you know, you know my, my life to be over, but, but God said, no, God said, no. And, and it wasn't over. Uh, I, I remember getting to a point and I was, and I was crying. Um, I, I was sitting in my truck in, in a, uh, in a shopping center parking lot. I won't mention any names because it doesn't matter. And I was trying to read a book and the book was only creating more questions and I needed answers and it wasn't helping. So I ended up th literally throwing that book out the truck window. Uh, it was, it was hurting me that badly. So I, I went, I, I, I remembered across the street, across the highway, there was a, um, a Christian bookstore that my wife and I had shopped at and, you know, I'd always gone in the past to, you know, just to be with her and to, you know, just, just, just go. And I don't ever remember looking at any of the books. I just, I just went, we looked at the core, we looked at this or that gifts. So anyway, um, I was in a really bad place. It was, it was really dark for me. So I, I remembered it was there. So I, so I went over there looking for something, looking for an answer. And God provided that answer that day in the form of a book that I didn't know existed. And it was called where is God when bad things happen? And I will tell you that book saved my life. It really did. I, I'm not trying to exaggerate that. I was done. I was really done. And it saved my life. It let me know that no matter how long or short a life is, it is a complete life that God has a plan and God's plan will be fulfilled in that person's life. And there's more to it, and I could go on and on, but just so you know, I'm actually just started writing my own version of that same book. Um, where is God when bad things happen? It'll reflect some of my thoughts on Uvalde and some of these other things that are going on, the pandemic. And uh, so stay tuned. It's coming in the future. It'll, it'll take a little while to get out. But um, but it reminded me today, as I, as I was thinking about today's message that I had for you, is that tragedy happens all over the world. You know, there was a, uh, um, a young lady a number of years ago that was really active, really, you know, she would, she would go diving, she would swimming and all that. And one day she dove off a cliff and didn't come up. Her family jumped in after her and found out that she had been 
really vibrant and active one, one moment and seconds later, she was a quadriplegic. This person's name was Joni Erickson. Her name today is Joni Erickson Tata because she has gone on from that horrible tragedy to being someone who has impacted millions of people with disabilities. In fact, she was at a point so low that she didn't think that there was any purpose to her life either. And I, and I write about her in, in my book, Your Life Matters, uh, a toolkit to change your world. But, but I write about her in there. And one of the things that was interesting, a quote from her, was that she believes that she was able to do more, help more people through her accident than she would ever have been able to impact any other way. So to think that what we're going through is the end, our life is over, is really selling God short. Because God tells us in his word that he works all things together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. He doesn't say all things are good. You can't. You, you, you can't say there's anything good about some of this but it doesn't diminish his power to bring something good from it. He also tells us in Isaiah chapter 61, verse three, that he gives us beauty for ashes. Think about that a minute. If all that's left in our life are ashes because everything around us has, been, has burned to the ground and he's gonna take the, take the remains of that, take, take the very last bit of it and bring something good, beautiful from it. That's a miracle. That's where I wanna be. That's where I want to be. And, and that's where I think we all want to be. Another story that I, that, I, that, I, that I share in my book, Your Life Matters, is about a young girl called, they called her Crazy Annie. I realize that's not politically correct today to say those words, but that's what they called her. So we're just going to go from there. She was diagnosed as hopelessly insane. They locked her in a dungeon of a mental institution on the outskirts of Boston and they didn't know what to do with her. She was like a wild animal. She was either screaming and beating her head against the wall, or she was absolutely comatose, absolutely doing nothing. But an elderly nurse and a, and a maid um, wanted to do something, wanted to make a difference in her life. Because this elderly nurse saw this little girl, and she was a woman of faith and wanted to do something. So she went down and began to spend her lunchtime with her. And one day she decided to leave part of her brownie on the, uh, on, on the food tray. So she did that. And the next day she came back and that brownie was gone. So she said, Hmm. So she did that again. And before long, Annie began to talk with this nurse and then began to talk with the doctors and began, then began to improve. And then after several years of this, she was brought up to the main floor after several years later, she was at a point where they were saying, you're good. You're free to go. You, you are healed. You are a miracle. You see, she was at a point where her life was over. It was meaningless. She was in a dungeon in a mental health place, but everything changed because one person cared enough. But what's interesting is Annie didn't want to leave. She said, I now want to turn around and help someone else the way that I have been helped. So what does Annie do? She does exactly that. And the person she helped 
is a lady that we've all heard of. Her name was Helen, Helen Keller. And Annie was Ann Sullivan. And the impact that those women had on this world, on blindness, on disability, on letting people know that they can still do more than they can ever consider is amazing. See, even in the midst of the deepest, darkest dungeon, your life still matters. Even in the midst of, of the worst, horrible tragedy and disability and, and illness, your life matters. You are making a difference that you can't even begin to fathom. You can't even begin to fathom. So I want you, as we close out today, as we, as we finish up this show, I want you to hear me. I really want you to hear me. I really want you to hear that your life matters more than you could imagine. The little simple acts of kindness, the way that you open a door for somebody, the way you smile, the way you say thank you, the way that you help somebody in need, even though it's minor, even though you think it's insignificant, it's not. There's no small gifts. They all matter. They all matter. And again, I want to remind you, um, I've written a book about this. It's called Your Life Matters, a toolkit to change your world. You can find the book in both an ebook and a, and a paperback on Amazon. But I also want to tell you this all the proceeds of that book are going to the Warriors Refuge, which is a veterans homeless shelter in West Columbia, Texas. It's a homeless shelter, counseling center, and vocational training facility. If those costs are too much, this is not about making money. If you will send me an email at, at drcliff at thewarriorsrefuge.us, I will send you one for free. That's what you need. I want to help in any way I can. I want to make a difference as well. And I want you to know that it's that kind of important to me. Well, this has been an interesting show today. We have talked about a lot of different things. We have talked about how your life matters just in your daily life. We have talked about how when you've messed up, we used the story of, of George Mueller talking about how when he grew up, he grew up in a bad environment and he made horrible choices and went to jail. And I want to tell you, there's lots of other stories about people going to jail and coming out and changing the world. And then we talked about disability and, and people that are hurting that went on and made a bigger impact than they could have in any other way. And I want you to know that wherever you are today, whatever's going on in your world today, that your life matters, that you make a difference. Remember the stories from um, the, the, uh, 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 the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, where George Bailey is on the bridge and an angel comes to intervene. I hope this, this show today is that angel intervening and talking to you about and showing you exactly how much your life matters. I want you to know it's been a joy to be with you today. I hope these, these stories and this, these words have made an impact, but always remember your life matters. And I hope I'll see you again next week. Share this with someone else today. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to Your Life Matters Today with Dr. Cliff Robertson. Have any questions for Dr. Robertson? Join us on next week's show and share your story or thoughts. We hope we've helped you overcome some of your deepest inner struggles. Have a beautiful week.